We're joined today by longtime Illinois reporter for a number of different news outlets, Mr. Ray Long. Ray, thank you so much for the time. Good to be here, Will. How are you? I'm doing well, and we're speaking with you today because you are the author of a book, rather timely in its uh, release, about former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan. And we're going to talk about that book today in this interview. But before we do that, I want to get to know you a little bit more, let the audience know uh, who Ray Long is. So why don't you tell us? Well, I'm a guy from downstate. I grew up in a little town called Winchester, about 60 miles west of Springfield and went to Eastern for two and a half years, went to Sangamon State for two and a half years, got a BA and master's there and went through their public affairs reporting program, which is a master's program where you actually submerge yourself into reporting at the state house. I was an intern with the Alton Telegraph and uh, spent six months there and really got hooked onto covering government, state government in particular. And that was 1981, which happened to be the first year that Mike Madigan was a legislative leader. He was minority leader Madigan back then. George Ryan was Speaker of the House. I went on to work at the Peoria Journal Star for several years uh, up in the Peoria area covering local beats and then came down covered the state house worked uh, there for three or four years and then uh, moved up to the sun times in chicago covered local beats there cook county courts uh, city hall state government parachuted into springfield when they needed me and then i uh, went to the associated press in springfield ran their bureau there for about three years and then uh Worked my way over to the Tribune, spent 17 or 18 years in Springfield there, and then came up to Chicago after uh, doing a variety of investigations on people like George Ryan and uh, Rod Blagojevich. Uh, I said, why don't you put me on investigations full time? So they did. And that's where I'm at now. And, and I've worked a few stories. And those stories uh, brought me to the last time I saw you, Will, which was on top of the Watergate building. And uh Washington, D.C. Yeah, my wife and I were there, uh, gosh, I don't know, was it been three, four years ago now? Or Yeah, yeah, a few years now. She had won some national award, and we had two, and it was just a great get-together. Yeah, it certainly, certainly was. One more question about you before we get to the book. Does it feel like 40 years covering Illinois news and politics? You know, I don't feel like I'm 40 years older, but uh, I do think that it's been a long, long stretch, and uh, it really is something to watch the history of it and the arc of the history of it over the years. Ray Long with us. The name of the book is The House That Madigan Built, and of course the subtitle to it uses his nickname, which was the uh, Velvet Hammer. We'll talk about that. But I wonder... Was this a work in progress over the last 38 years, or did you start putting this together in the last how long? In a way, it is a a work in progress from the first day I started covering state government. But the reality is uh, about three or four years ago, the 
University of Illinois Press gave me a call and uh, actually emailed me one day while I was sitting at work and, and said, would you like to write a book about Madigan? And I said, yes. And so I'd always thought that, you know, if anybody ought to have a book written about him out of all the characters that I've seen, it ought to be Madigan. Um, and I started on it while he was still in power. And um, as you know, that uh, started to fade away. It uh, gave me kind of an arc to the book, an ending to it, uh, where I took it right up to the indictment uh, through the in- ComEd scandal that knocked him out of the box, and before that, the Me Too scandal involving some of his underlings. And the story takes you right up to uh, the indictment. So uh, we're pretty current, and then uh, the indictment, of course, happened uh, couple of weeks ago and i probably will have to add a chapter or two later on so in your 40 years of covering illinois and in your preparation for this book were you able to come to a conclusion about what exactly it was that motivated mike madigan to get up in the morning and go to work (laughs) well that's a great question i just believe that he enjoyed the power you know he enjoyed all of the uh, fruits of being Mike Madigan over the years where he had taken control of the legislative process he controlled the rules he he could be a guy who could virtually stop or pass a bill at will and he was a guy who controlled the fundraising and where the money went for his legislators who needed help and he was a state party chairman so he had all of the power over these various levers of government and politics and he liked to be in at the, at the center of all of that and being at the center of all that madigan of course took a lot of slings and arrows over the years especially from uh, the other side of the aisle and ultimately you know bruce rauner spent basically his entire four years as governor just assailing madigan's reputation and making him a statewide name but despite all of the negative about mike madigan is there a good government story about mike madigan buried anywhere in these 312 pages well sure there uh, are several examples one is when he stood up and stood up against rod blagojevich and uh, led the impeachment proceedings of course he waited until there was a federal charge and the governor was arrested but once that happened he pretty much became the adult in the room was leading the path to try to get Blagojevich impeached and out of office Um, then uh, a lot of people would point to also and I point this out in the book that he uh, resisted Bruce Rauner's uh, repeated attempts to turn Illinois into a right-to-work state of mind and um, a lot of ideological changes that that Rauner wanted that really had been injected, rejected rather, over 30 years. Madigan just said, no, that's not going to happen. And so from that point of view, he was able to not only block some of the ideological changes that that Rauner wanted that were not acceptable to Democrats and a lot of Republicans, but he also stood up and pushed through a tax increase at the time when Illinois needed funding, and he and Rauner had come to a budget impasse, and Rauner would not uh, budge, and the state was just overspending and 
could not really get its books in balance, and Madigan rounded up Republican votes and put together this uh, effort to to put a new permanent tax in place and really has helped straighten the books out or at least get us in the right direction. Ray Long is the author of a new book, The House That Madigan Built. Of course, it focuses on former Illinois House Speaker Mike Madigan. I will always remember a time when I was in the Capitol with a guy who was working for Senate Republican staff at the time. And as we were walking down the hallway, another person came over and made comment. This was during the Rauner administration about, you know, Rauner had the money and Rauner had this and he had that. This was early in his uh, administration. And uh, the guy working for Senate Republican staff said, yeah, but he's not smarter than Mike Madigan, and that's his biggest problem. And, 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 and Madigan had this way of cultivating this image about uh, himself, even though he was sort of diminutive in stature. Uh, does the book go into how he went about making sure that that uh, image of the all-powerful Mike Madigan remained in place? Well, um, I talk about the various times that he was uh, challenged and how he had uh, taken on various interests. But he also, I also talk about how he was able to be this kind of stopper for when the Republicans had control, for example, of the Senate and the governorship under the Edgar during the Edgar years. A lot of folks like trial lawyers and labor who have interests aligned with Madigan and the city of Chicago also viewed Madigan as the stopper. He was virtual veto power himself because he could stop legislation that was bad for labor, bad for trial lawyers, bad for the city of Chicago. And that helped increase his overall aura. But, you know, well, there are other chapters in the book that talk about, for example, the time he was able to push the White Sox stadium through, and that was a sheer, sheer force, and he was able to even hold the clock back a, a little bit there, and it's it's a tale of him and, and Thompson, Governor Jim Thompson, working together on the House floor to round up the votes, and Speaker from Alton, or the guy sitting in the chair was uh, was a majority leader, Jim McPike from Alton, and he had the gavel and he didn't slam it down until the votes were there. And he declared it was 1159 and the bill had passed before the midnight deadline. And we all ran up and grabbed the roll calls and it said 1203. But, you know, Thompson was uh, levitating off the floor at that point, got into a scrum of reporters and we, and we were saying, hey, you know, it, it passed after midnight. And he said, nope, guy in the chair, the acting speaker said it was 1159 and no court in the land's going to overturn it and there you have it uh, no court in the land did overturn it so you've got a lot of these things that ha- helped to build up this image of, of Madigan and in the book I, I write about his kind of legend where I use the White Sox stadium I use the example of how he had was a master of redistricting, redrawing the lines every 10 years when the census comes through and tilting them toward Democrats. And also how he, in one remarkable day, the biggest uh, raw power play I ever saw was Operation Cobra, which he had kept quietly after Thompson had had come up with uh, 
three straight spring sessions calling for a 40% tax income tax increase. Madigan came through with a 20% temporary tax increase, and he didn't tell anybody. Only a couple of newspapers heard about it ahead of time. Uh, fortunately, I was on one of those papers, a guy named Bill O'Connell, who was my mentor, who was a guy who had the scoop in the Peoria paper, and Charlie Wheeler, who wrote the foreword in my book, had the scoop for the Sun-Times, and, and it he slammed through a tax increase in the House with 60 Democratic votes in less than six hours. It was just an incredible power play. Ray Long is with us today, and his book is called The House That Madigan Built. What does the nickname that Madigan had, the Velvet Hammer, mean? Well, over the years, uh, he was viewed as a guy who could just kind of continually hammer you down. And, uh, and kind of like a water dripping on a rock, he would eventually hammer you down and until you were crushed. That is the uh, view of a, a lot of his opponents, and, and uh, the nickname stick, stuck. I wonder, does the fall of Madigan, uh, his fall from not only the Speaker's chair, but now the indictment, symbolize a new day in Illinois government, or is this just going to mean that a character that's been on stage is is leaving and the same machine politics will prevail with new players on the stage, so to speak? Well, I think, Will, what really needs to happen is for the people who are still in office to make rules that are that are more transparent, and it's up to the folks who these rules would be applied to to make them more transparent and make these reforms real and that has been the constant problem over the years the people who make the rules don't want to put as much uh, light on them as possible and they end up with reforms that are loaded with loopholes and what we need to see here are actual reforms that are not loaded with loopholes and maybe maybe we can get a better handle on the state government if there's more light shown and more transparency this book is uh, 312 pages long it was no light effort of yours uh, do you feel good about the product once it hit the um, printed page yeah i do and the reality is that I say even in the preface that the guy's been around so long that everybody in Springfield will have a, an idea of a story that should be in the book you know and I tried to gather uh, insight from a lot of the stories I covered and a lot of the various examples of, of what he did that truly sh showed how he became who he was and how the state became how it was with uh, Madigan's influence over the years. All right, Ray Long, where can people buy this book? It officially goes on sale in bookstores on March 22nd, although I've seen a few of them out and about. And the way you can order it is through the University of Illinois Press or at, or Amazon or Barnes & Noble. All you got to do is Google Ray Long and House That Madigan Built, and you'll see a variety of different options. So I appreciate your time here, Will, for showing uh, me this opportunity to, to come on and talk about it. Well, it's a must-have for people that are interested in Illinois political goings-on. 
you know, this needs to go right next to the one of my other favorite uh, government books, uh, the one about Phil Rock called Nobody Calls Just to Say Hello. Yeah, that's a good one by Ed Wojcicki and Phil Rock, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. And so I, I commend you, frankly, for writing this book, and I mean this sincerely, but I don't know that anybody could have done as good a job with it as you have because you've been there since he was arrived and um, (laughs) that 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 depth of knowledge you know has to come through well i i hope it does and i think it does and i just tried to put the facts out there and uh, let people decide what they want to think of madigan and i've told about the times he was uh riding high and the times that he was riding low and i just think that uh, it was a story that needed to be told All right, Ray, thank you so much for the time. Have a great day. Thank you, Will. Appreciate it.